Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Delete. My guest today is Vex King. He is an author, mind coach, and entrepreneur. He has experienced many challenges growing up, and we discuss this within the episode. Vex's father died when he was very little, and his family were often homeless. He grew up in quite a troubled neighborhood, and he regularly experienced racism. Despite all of these, obstacles he has successfully turned his whole life around and through his popular instagram account at vex king he has become a source of inspiration for others and thousands of young people around the world i discovered vex's work because i was reading the sunday times bestsellers list that i read every sunday in the sunday times and his book good vibes good life was in the charts for weeks on end and it made me go and purchase the book and see what it was all about and it's a really great uplifting book about self-care, overcoming toxic energy, cultivating different lifestyle habits including mindfulness and meditation and the book really is about finding your higher purpose and for some people some of that stuff sounds a bit woo-woo but it's amazing that this book has reached so many people and become quite a mainstream bestseller because I think it opens up a different way of thinking and kind of channeling more positive energies in general. So I hope you enjoy this conversation between us. It was really great to meet Vex. I recorded this pre-lockdown, so we did it in person and he had good energy, I must say. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please go and leave a rating on iTunes. It would be super helpful and I will see you again next week. I'm so thrilled to be with Vex King, author of Good Vibes, Good Life. And basically, I have to admit how I found your book. It might not be the traditional way. I'm a bit of a book nerd. I guess I work in the industry and I go on the Amazon bestseller chart like right. most days just to see what's there. Yeah. Your book is not moving from those charts. It is up there and it's amazing. It is literally, it's, it's so overwhelming. It's just, I think the most overwhelming thing is that it's, just reaching a lot of people. You know, my main kind of goal with the book was literally to change people's lives or at least try it anyway. And it seems like it's been helping a lot of people. And, you know, I'm I'm forever grateful for that. I can't wait to get into the book in a bit more detail. But um, for the listeners, I just wondered if we could go back to the beginning because your backstory is really interesting as well. And you're not just this kind of guru that has like grown out of the ground like no, you do no definitely have, not you do have a story and you have overcome things yourself so I wondered if we could start there and maybe just talk a little bit about pre the book yeah so um I guess it help if I give you a very very brief history of my life so um six months after I was born my dad passed away and then my mom's business with an abusive family member went bankrupt And we basically faced uh, racism and violence in the years to follow. Um, And we literally didn't have much money. So for three years of my life, we were homeless. Um, And, you know, we were living in hostels and hotels and with family members. But sometimes it can be quite intrusive to live with people who are still maybe new to the country, like a lot of our relatives were, and trying to develop their own life. And... Yeah, life was just uh, painful and and miserable. And I really wanted to seek a way out. 
And so in my teenage years, I turned to personal development to kind of, you know, not only help myself, but to help my family change things around. And thankfully, things have changed in a very positive way. And I suppose I've now kind of jumped into social media to teach people what I went through or what I did when I went through the, th- the you know those things those obstacles that I faced just because I don't want them to go through those things and I also want them to be equipped to handle those things when because you know life's always going to throw challenges at you but it's not that life stops giving you challenges we just become better equipped to face them mm. and what was the first step to discovering personal development because I think what's really lovely is your book might be the first step for someone else yeah. discovering this world. Right. What was the first like book or what was it that you came across? So um, when I told people what I wanted to do in life, a lot of people told me it wasn't possible. And, you know, I, I totally understand because all they could see, the people around me, all they could see was pain and misery, just like I was seeing. So that's all they knew. But I knew there was better out there. So, you know, the internet came around and, you know, I was on dial-up. I might sound old by saying that, but I was on dial-up. And I'd read different forums and I started researching into, you know, the most iconic individuals that ever existed. Not only athletes, but philosophers and scientists like Einstein. I realised that all these people had developed or had reached amazing kind of milestones. But some of them had a background that was maybe even more disturbing than mine. So if they could do it, why couldn't I do it? So then I realised that a lot of these people read books and I knew that I needed someone to empower me. I needed advice from elsewhere, you know, somewhere else rather than the people around me who only knew, you know, pain and, and misery. And one book that really kind of struck a chord was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Now, apparently it's the book that Bruce Lee read that kind of, you know, is responsible for his greatness. I don't know if that's true, but I decided to pick that book up. And before this, I actually hated reading. I'd read one book called Ball, right? I don't know who the author is. And it was like 10 pages long. And even in school, when we had to write book reviews, I'd make up the whole review. I'd read the first page and the last page and kind of make up what happens in the middle (laughs) and then submit the review. And, you know, the teacher never found out that I'd made the whole review up. So I didn't really like reading. But what I realised was that I was just reading the wrong things. And so when I picked this book up, there was so much advice and, you know, it gave me so much faith in my future. And I realised that with every line I was reading, it was kind of reconditioning my mind. And the more books I picked up, my outlook started changing and on life Mm, and so so interesting yeah and so with my book I'm kind of giving people what other books gave to me that kind of gift because you know I'll be completely honest books have changed my life Mm. I don't count how many books I've read so this year I've I've, I've read 15 so far but there was a, a point I was reading a book a day you need a lot wow. of time to do that. But, How you know, are you doing that as well as your social media so, presence? Yeah, so it is tough. But, you know, I have a I have a very kind of thorough routine where I schedule in time to read. But, you know, I've read over easily over a thousand books. And I read all kinds of books, from books about water, books about sports and biographies, ancient literature, anything. You know, anything that's going to kind of add value to my life or change my mindset or give me clarity or even give me some sort of inspiration so then I can go on to help other people. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I love books. And Um, sometimes I will want to choose reading a book over maybe talking to someone 
I don't know, that yeah. sounds mean, but it's like, I guess what you're also saying is in those times where you weren't necessarily on the same level as certain yeah. members of your family with their thoughts, it's like, well, I can escape into a book that does get me yeah. and does inspire me. Yeah, and I think that's important. I don't think you should feel guilty for, you know, not engaging in conversations that aren't adding value or that aren't building you up to escape into a book because speaking to those people around me, if I just go back to, you know, to my life um, when I was younger, speaking to those people and them telling me that my life was basically going to remain miserable wasn't very empowering for me. And the, the amazing thing about your book, I think, is, and I've because I've looked at a lot of the reviews of it and, and it's really gone very mainstream and right. it's reached like all corners of society and it's not, because like, even with The Secret or things like that, I know that's very mainstream, but it still seems like there's a certain type of person that will buy that book, maybe. Yeah. But with your book, it feels like literally it's for anyone and everyone and to have cracked that, to gone to have gone beyond like a niche sector in the book industry is really great I mean how have your family responded now to what you're doing have, have they read the book do they do they think so, that way now so a lot of my family have read the book and obviously they're proud I think for them it's almost like I can't believe he's done it right it's like you know they they want what's best for me but they didn't think it was possible you know I spoke about these dreams as a child and um a lot of it just seemed impossible. You know, like, look at us. We haven't even got a home. I can't, you know, for my mum, she was like, I can't even put food on the table. And now you're, you know, you're a Sunday Times bestseller. It's it's amazing. And sometimes I think the idea is hard to grasp for them. But I, th- I think they're proud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how did it snowball, the book? Because I know how hard it is to sell books now and for it to kind of gain that momentum. I yeah. mean, did it start on social? So... You know, I'm I'm familiar with social media and marketing on social media, but my whole kind of idea was that the the book should, if it's a good book, it'll kind of sell itself. I started by sending it to like ten friends, ten people that were on social media that had a following, and it wasn't like millions of followers, but they they had quite a big following, and you know they sh- they shared it, and I didn't actually see that much impact from it. But then people start picking the book up. I think some people are curious about the book, especially because of the cover. Yeah. And they picked it up and, you know, good vibes, good life. It sounds like a a quirky statement almost. And um, some people started dipping into it and they found that it was actually transforming their life. And then they start recommending it to other people and then they start recommending it to other people. And it was literally, I know it sounds pretty old school, but I think although social media did help, I think it was the word of mouth which has helped more. And obviously yeah. social shares do help because if it does benefit someone on social media, they're going to post it to their story or their feed and then someone else is going to pick it up. And if it benefits them, then they're going to share it and so on. Yes. Well, can we talk a little bit about good vibes and you talk a lot about energy and sort of vibrations yeah. in the book and yeah. I'm so fascinated with that. And, you know, even you walking in here, we like immediately were chatting, got yeah. on. I knew when you walked in, I knew that the person that wrote this book would have good vibes. Okay. And, <laughs> That's a good and, thing to hear. And, and I, but I do pick up on... I, I mean, everyone does, but I'm very conscious of energy yeah. between people. And, yeah. you know, it's not anyone's fault if there's not an energy between yeah. you, but sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, we're just, like, going to get on. It's it's like you can walk into a room 
And you can just tell if something's off about some, someone. Yes, right? it's so interesting. And sometimes it's not from like a judgmental nature. It's just awareness. Like, oh, I should stay away from that person because that person's maybe had a bad day and they're going to bite it at me. And then you see someone else that's smiling and you see their body language and you just pick up on it, right? And you, you sense their energy. Energy is contagious. And that's a very important thing, especially for me, because I think it's so important to surround yourself with people that are going to help you rise. And one thing that was kind of instrumental to change in my life was that I was surrounding myself with people that wanted what's best for me that wanted to see me do good because sometimes we can have we can even have friends right mm. they say they want you to do good but then when you tell them good news you don't get the reaction maybe you hoped for yeah. because maybe there's a sense of jealousy or you know competition or whatever it is but the idea of vibration is very simple and although i've kind of used some you know scientific lingo within the book it's very simple is that if you put good energy out there you're going to be a magnet to good energy you're going to receive whatever frequency you're on, right? So if you think of things that you're thankful for, you're going to have more things to be thankful for, mm. right? And it's so simple. And I know there's a lot of books that kind of go into the science behind it, but the concept is very simple. The problem we find is that we can't feel good all the time. And that's just because we're human. So how do we then raise our energetic levels? Right. And something that I done when I was on the, the verge of suicide was I started implementing a routine that focused on my mind, body and spirit. And that routine was the key to changing my life. And that's what I tell people. I think people always look for quick fixes. Mm -hmm. Another thing that people do is they try and force positive thinking. And I think books like The Secret are amazing, but sometimes they lead people down the wrong route where they think, right, I'm feeling negative. I need to ignore it and think positive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you don't get to know those emotions and transform them, what you're really doing is just suppressing them. And eventually they're going to come out. Mm. And when they come out, you're going to end up hurting someone because that's what we do. When we're hurt, we hurt other people. And then the cycle continues. So for me, it's important that people work on themselves. They produce their own good vibes because only then can they serve from a healthy place. Oh my God, everything that you just said is so spot on. <laughs> and, but, but, but also it's really, it's refreshing as well to openly say that things aren't a quick fix because yeah. books can change our lives, but not necessarily overnight. No. And it's like a long-term thing. We're always looking for shortcuts, right? It's even like, for example, we want to lose weight and we know the key is diet and you know some form of exercise but what do we do we look at pills we look at you know some kind of technique or something and you know it might help and it might assist us but we still need to put the work in we still need to put the effort in and you know it's the same with our healing we don't we can't rush our healing because the problem is when we do rush our healing we've not actually healed mm -mm. and that's the thing with um with books like yours I think they're well, I don't know if you would call it this, but in a way, I feel like it's sort of activism. I, I, I believe so. I, I believe that, um, and I used to do this a lot, is that I, you know, there's a lot of problems around. And some pe sometimes people say, Vex, you know, you're so positive, but you're ignoring all the problems in the world. And, you know, my response is that I'm very aware. See, awareness is noticing something without having judgment or an attachment to it. But if I keep talking about problems, I won't be working on the solution. So my, my theory is that we are the solution, right? Love brings people together and it brings union, whereas hate 
creates divide and destruction. The solution for a better world is love. But we have to transmute that feeling of love within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we have to go inward and work on ourselves to feel that love and joy. And then we can serve and pass it on to others. Yes. And so... I know the book seems simple, but there is, you know, that bigger agenda. And, you know, agenda is probably not the right word to use, but there is, there is a bigger motive. I want to make the world a better place. And I believe we all can by vibrating higher. I wondered with writing this book, and I've interviewed quite a few authors, especially with nonfiction, they can sometimes feel like a pressure to live the rules of the book the whole time or be almost like fixed in inverted commas. I mean, do you still get bad days? I mean, obviously you do because you're a human, but how do you, you know how to deal with those better, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, I think anyone that says, unless they're completely enlightened, and I'm not going to go into this too deeply, I believe that I've only met two or three people in the whole world that I believe that have sustained happiness constantly. And by happiness, do you mean... A feeling of joy. Feeling of joy. A feeling of joy. Whereas, because the thing is, right, I could go out this interview and, you know, someone might, you know, say something to me and it could hurt me and that feeling of joy might slip, right? A lot of the time, people are teaching us how to be happy And we believe that we're going to be happy for long periods of time and we're never going to be sad, right? But unfortunately, that is a very rare case because as soon as you step out in the world, it's almost like everything seems to knock you off your path. You know, you meet people or things don't, you know, turn out the way you want them to. And we suddenly lose out on that happiness. And then suddenly we think actually permanent happiness doesn't exist. But I know people that are self-realized have got to a place they've ascended in terms of consciousness, got to a place where they've been able to sustain that happiness. But I truly believe that there's only a select few individuals that have done that. I'm not one of those individuals and I'm never going to claim to be one of those individuals. I'm always trying to be the greatest version of myself and you know, I'm always trying to evolve by you know, doing practices such as meditation. But I am going to have those off days. You know, Some things are going to be challenging. Mm. And also isn't being alive, it is the whole picture. I, I, I don't know if I, I actually want to be happy all the time. Yeah. That's not really something that really appeals to me. It's like, you know that song, I wish it could be Christmas every right, day? Yeah. I'm like, well, it wouldn't be Christmas yeah, then. then. It would, yeah. And those happy moments really are just so brilliant because they're fleeting. And, you know, I love having a good old cry to a sad film. Yeah. I like feeling sad sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and that's perfectly normal. I think... For me, when I look back on my life and how much kind of sadness I felt and all the pain I endured, it's made me appreciate my life mm-hmm. so much more. And I think And I know that watching a sad film is not the same as um being thrown into you know, those situations. Yeah. They're not the same. But yeah, it's I mean it's it's totally fine to feel feel sad. And sometimes, you know, we don't grow unless we feel those certain emotions and if we go through certain experiences, like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't have such a traumatising past. You know, my past has literally moulded me. The reason I help people is because of what I've gone through, because I don't want them to go through the same things. Yeah. Do you think there is a certain fork in the road when bad things happen to people? Yeah, um, I, I, to be fair, you know, and I don't talk about this a lot, but, you know, the, the day that I almost, you know, tried to take my life, I think I reached that point where... You know, nothing was going right. And I literally isolated myself 
from the whole world and I sat, you know, sat by myself in a room full of darkness, didn't talk to anyone and I couldn't see a way out. And I thought, you know, the, the, the way to end suffering was to end my life. And I think, you know, you can spiral down. Yeah. I think sometimes we don't recognise our worth. We don't think that there's better for yes, us out and there. there's always another option. Yeah, and there's always another option. But I think one thing I would kind of recommend to anyone is that if you are in a very low place and as, as hard as it is to speak to people, I was at a point and I think people don't necessarily know how to put depression into words, but it's like your brain just doesn't operate as it should. You just can't speak to people. You just can't do anything. You can't, you, you literally feel lost and confused and like there's no way out. And as tough as it is, just find that, you know, that one glimpse of faith or hope or whatever it is and act on it. Try and be around someone, right? Just having, and, you know, someone that, you know, might not have the solution, but that will kind of reassure you Mm -hmm. and have that human connection because humans thrive off connection, right? So, yeah, it's extremely important that, you know, when you're at that place that you act on a bit of faith that you have. And then you build momentum and keep acting and keep acting and keep acting. And you don't have to do anything massive. You don't have to take massive action. You know, it could be just doing your bed, release that dopamine, you know, so your reward system's into place and then carry on building the momentum. And then as soon as you've breathed a bit of confidence, you're going to start doing more things and taking more action and keep yes. keep acting on it. One thing, you know, that's instrumental and actually just posted it to Medium yesterday was that... Um, Oh, I bookmarked that to read. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. yeah. So one thing that I think is extremely important is to have that mind, body and spirit routine in place. So every morning I have a, a routine that addresses all those things. That includes meditation, even simple things like listening to music. And what I do is I listen to songs that remind me of a fond memory. Right, so one song, and everyone knows this is like my, my morning jam, is Michael Jackson, Blame It on the Boogie. Like That literally puts me in a good mood straight away. But I start the day off right. Mm. And so when I go out there in the world and, you know, someone's accidentally spit their coffee on me or, you know, someone said something mean to me, it doesn't affect me as much because I mean, I'm, I'm vibrating high already. Right, So it's harder for me to, to be at a much lower place. You've almost like rewired your own brain in a way, yeah. which is not easy but so achievable it's it's definitely not easy and I, I want everyone to remember that nothing worth working for ever comes easily right so you do have to put a lot of time and effort into it and you have to be committed consistency is key and there are going to be days where you feel a little bit inspired and that's why in my book I talk about pushing through those days yeah. to achieve anything you know you have to place effort and you have to want it for me when I got to that place of suicide unfortunately I survived I said to myself that I will never ever return to that place and thankfully I haven't and a lot of people meet me now and they're like Vex you know you were involved in you know the wrong crowds you were quite negative as such because I used to moan a lot and you know my life was hard and you know at the time I felt like I had a right to moan and they're like why are you so happy now what have you done and I said, I've, I've put a routine in place, a routine that empowers me, that addresses my well-being. Because we're always told to care about what other people think or helping other people. But have we helped ourselves? Have we addressed our own well-being, our own needs? Have we met those things first? You know, they say you can't pour from an empty cup. 
And that's why self-love is so important. So important. So you just touched on your morning routine there. And yeah. I really love that. I, I know um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who's like my, yeah. my fave. Oh. Uh, so whenever she's asked like what her job is, um, she's like, well, my actual full-time job is my mental health. Right. And she always says that she starts the day in a certain way. I think she has some similar routines. And I know that the morning should be quite sacred to start the day off. Are there any other things in the day that are kind of like non-negotiable that you do? So during the day, I'm always working, but I take enough breaks. I try not to look at my phone too much just because social media and just just your phone. I think what we do when we go on our phones and it's very hard because, you know, you and I are on social media and we're quite active on social media and our messages reach people through social media. But what we're doing when we're looking at a screen constantly is we're conditioning our mind to live in a moment that doesn't actually exist. And it's God, I hadn't thought right, of it like that. And it's very subtle, but what we're doing then is developing anxiety because what anxiety is is it takes you to a moment that doesn't exist and it's usually the future. You're fearing what could happen when it hasn't actually happened. But when we're constantly on our screens and we're not living in the moment, we're actually conditioning our minds to take us there, to places that don't exist. Mm. So what we end up doing is either being anxious about the future or anxious about the past. Because again, the past, as soon as it's gone, doesn't exist. It only exists as a mental construct. So for me, having breaks away from my phone is extremely important. But during the day, you know, when I'm working and I'm not thinking too deep, I have music playing in the background. Food and water is really important. I know it sounds very simple, but what you consume consumes you. So having, you know, whole foods and nutritious foods, very important. Drinking two two to three litres of water a day is very important. But most of my routine is in the morning and in the night. And just to give you some scope, my morning routine is roughly two hours, which is pretty long to a lot of people. yeah. Yeah, and meditation for me is like the thing that's changed my whole life. So the majority of it is spent in meditation. And throughout the day, I add in, you know, deep breathing. It just kind of calms my nervous system down, especially if I'm... so good. Yeah, especially if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, and it can do. You know, you can get 10 emails at once, say, Vex, you're needed here, you need to... Or you don't need to, but would you like to do a talk here? And you're like, I can't pass up that opportunity. I really want to do that, but it clashes with something else, and suddenly your mind's going on overdrive. You need time out. So what do you do to ground yourself? You take deep breaths. That's so good. It's so <laughs> practical and the advice is so good. Well, thank you so much. I wondered, um, just last question, what your, is there anything you're thinking about for 2020 that you haven't yet done or just um, not like a mantra, but I don't know. I always think in a new year, like what's yep. my overarching vibe for that year? So in terms of work, one thing that a lot of people have told me to do that I don't do is video content. And although I've called it work, it's not really work for me. What I'm kind of working towards is being on YouTube, but not in your traditional sense. So people that are kind of in the same industry, when they go to YouTube, they do, you know, these self-help kind of videos, 10 things to improve your day or five ways to tackle overthinking. But what I want to do on YouTube is vlog my life and actually give you an authentic, real and raw view into what I do. Mm -hmm. 
when I face troubling situations or what I do with my morning routine, what my nighttime routine looks like, what a bad day looks like. I want to give people a very real view of my life and I'm going to show people what I do and hopefully that will prove beneficial. That is brilliant and um, going to be so useful because even this morning before you arrived, someone was just like being a bit rude. Right, okay. Um, when, when I walked in yeah. and and other people's energy obviously it rubs off on us yeah. and I do soak up energy. I'm trying to work on that, just soak up the good stuff. But then I was feeling a bit like, oh no, I don't like that I'm in a room with confrontation going on. Yeah. And then I did think, I wonder how Vex would de- deal with this. <laughs> so I feel like watching your YouTube will be able to learn a little bit more. Yeah, because I think people don't realise that although I'm labelled a positive influencer online, I receive, you know, hatred every now and again, you know, and everyone has different belief systems. And if your belief system doesn't align with theirs, people can get quite defensive. You know, they can find you patronising and that's completely okay. And sometimes if you appear too positive, you might appear fake or not real, right? So then people start questioning your authenticity. And it's completely okay. And sometimes, you know, I do get trolls and, you know, there is a way to handle them or there's a way that I handle them. And I want to show people what I do and hopefully it'll help them when they face the same things because you don't need to be an influencer to receive hatred or get trolls. Exactly. It's, it's just a part of everyday life and we always face challenges. It's, for example, in a restaurant when your food comes out incorrectly and you're really hungry. You know, my response is always to treat people with kindness, mm-hmm. right? But how do you handle that hunger that's almost urging that you say something to the waiter and take it out on them? Well, thank you so much for that and right. being so honest and uh, sharing your story. And if you haven't already bought the book, which you probably have, people listening, because it's been everywhere, <laughs> it's called Good Vibes, Good Life um, by Bex King. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs>